Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and folks, on today's show, we are very pleased to have our interview with Susan Bryant and Janet Haston. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Great, Ed. How are you? Good. I'm really looking forward to this interview today. It's going to be great. It will be. I, I had the pleasure of speaking uh, to... Janet and Susan last week or maybe the week before, I forget, but uh, it was inspiring. So looking forward to it. All right. Well, let me read them in and then let's get the conversation started. Susan Bryant's passion is to transform businesses and the lives of the owners by professionalizing the finance function, function in their organizations. Janet Haston, raised by two teachers, she approaches every client's individual tax needs with the heart of an educator. Her goal is to ensure that each client has the insight and confidence to make the best financial decisions for their business or family. Welcome, ladies, to the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Well, you came to my attention, I guess, a little about just before the end of last year, and I think it was just before you had, had were going live with this, you killed your, you trashed your timesheet as of January 1st of 2022. So Susan, first to you, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, there's definitely some complexities with abandoning the traditional firm ideology. Uh, it hasn't been, I wouldn't say easy, but it's been liberating. Uh, so many great things have come out of people not having to keep track of their time and just really focus on doing excellent work for our clients. And Janet, what about your perspective on it? Oh, I, I agree with Susan. It's kind of liberating. We don't have to worry about making sure that we account for every 15 minutes of the day. And we really can focus in on what we're doing with the clients and not worrying about it. Yeah. You know, I think the funny thing is, is that, I mean, we were really, even before we got rid of the timesheet, when we printed the whip of everybody's time, we would go through and basically just mark it up to whatever we thought should be billed based on what was fair and what the value of it was anyway. So it was kind of a useless task. I mean, we were doing the whip, printing the whip at first twice per month, which was like, and it was fell to me. So it was like about six hours of time. And then I had to go disperse all these questions. What is this? And what is that? And wow, we've completely eliminated what was a mind boggling amount of time on billing. Uh, it was, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, and as you guys know, we already spend a lot of time just generating invoices for clients as it is. So we've simplified it, streamlined it, and really got back some of our time. And, and that's more time that we can spend working with our clients. Right. Ron and I have often done exercises with groups where we, we think that the, the, the cost of transaction or tr transferring time throughout the system, the, an organization is somewhere between five and 7% of revenue. Would that be in alignment with what you guys found, Janet? 
Oh, abs, absolutely. It kind of felt like more, yeah. right? You know, you know, it, it, it very, uh, uh, a lot more in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I wonder, mm-hmm. it is one of the things that's really, uh, remarkable about not having to track time is that it forces us to actually think more about what it is we're doing for the client. Right. So, um, ahead of time and asking ourselves, like, is this the right thing to be doing? And should this be structured a different way? So instead of just this endless, like we're just working and working and working now, we're actually being more thoughtful, intentional about the work that we're actually trying to create for the client. So, because now we have to have a project, that project has to be managed and it has to be built in advance. And so we've thought it out before we actually get started. And so I, I actually think we're being more efficient for the client and more efficient for ourselves. Uh, Difficult to get there has been, I mean, it's now June, beginning of June, and we're still working out the kinks, yeah, tweaking Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. but it's it's a lot more intentional and that's really where we wanted to be. And you know what I, I enjoy about it as well is more, you know, not just for the client and the billable hour and, and the revenue side, but our employees as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when when I was a young staff person worrying about was I realizable or chargeable, put a lot more stress on me rather than spending time of what can I be doing for the client? Mm-hmm. And, and I was going to ask that. So when you when, when you guys say we, you're not just talking about the two of you, right? You've got an organization called MB Group. And how, how many folks are you up to right now? 33, 33, 33 of yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And what's the, been the impact on them from getting rid of the timesheet? What's your, been their reaction? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and it's it's crazy because when we when we actually um, posted a a job posting last year, it was right around Thanksgiving, and we attracted a really awesome member of our team, our tax director. I mean, we we're like we're, we're no timesheets. This is who we are, and this is who we're not, and this is how we are differentiating ourselves big time. This is why we want to be different. And I mean, it was like she could not fill out the you know the email fast enough to us, you know, and submit you know, her application, like, please pick me. I do not want, I don't want to work at the traditional firm anymore. You know, it's fraught with so many issues and problems, you know, not only from a career perspective, but how it's run and it defies in like our business, very business nature, right? Like it's going against all these things that we actually think and how to run a business. Like, so I mean, she was, she could not get here fast enough. Her, her first uh, words were to me, is this a gimmick? <laughs> she, she didn't believe that there was a, anything of no timesheets. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a blessing to us uh, and rewarding to see that we can have a positive impact on other people by changing the way that they are having to do their job without having to actually change what they do to make their job you know, successful. I mean, we just eliminate a few things that makes it good. Just curious. Did anybody, did anybody respond poorly to it? Maybe even leave the firm over it because they, they, they really were so wrapped up in charging their time. I can think of one person who was like, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And it was, um, and it was lots of challenging conversations. Like, 
there is a better way. We will find a solution. It's not, it may not be evident right now. We will figure it out. It's not going to be perfect in the beginning. We, we knew that kind of going into it. It's like, yeah. we're going to change it. And if that doesn't work, we'll change it again. And if that doesn't work, we'll change it again. <laughs> we'll keep doing that. And the, and the kinks are being ironed out. Right? Yeah. But it's successful though. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it's retraining. I mean, we just wow. had a conversation, just, we just wrapped up a conversation where we we're talking about onboarding a new client. What does that look like? Who takes the reins and when, how do we follow up on that? And it came up that, Hey, this client had reached out and the accounting person had spent some time on something, spent four hours and it was on something outside of the scope. Okay. Boom. That is just a reminder. We've got to go back and have some additional conversations on training about, Hey, people who are working on an engagement, you have to speak up and say, Hey, this is not in the scope. This is a separate entity. We need to go back and have a, a separate bill for this or a separate conversation about what it is you want us to do for this new entity. So, so the, the one person who pushed back though, they're still with the firm then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, I mean, I, and I will say this, that it, that's actually remarkable for the, for a firm, a firm your size to have 30 people and no one to have been wrapped up in, Hey, um, what, you know, the, we need to go back to this old regime because so many professionals that I run into def define themselves by their charge hours and took a, an awful lot of pride in it. So it's, 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 it's amazing, honestly, that you've kept all 30 of your folks. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. great. Well, yeah. I'm glad we are, we're default. We're literally, you know, defying the odds at all, at all ch at chances so. and being open-minded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that is one of those things that is probably the most important to us too, is for our staff to know that we are going to continue to evolve and change. We we've been like that for a very long time though, pushing and pushing and pushing. And this was just one of those areas where until we were enlightened, <laughs> we, we didn't even know what was possible. And now that we kind of have seen the light and we know what we should have been doing all along, it, I think it was a natural transition for us to make. We were already doing some of the things, uh, you know, there had been like little sprinklings of these thoughts that had entered our brains. And then, you know, we then, you know, kind of read everything that Ron has out there and you, Ed, and so many other, you know, thought leaders in accounting. And it was like, click, this is awesome. This is what we should have been doing all along. So I think we were kind of leading up to it, That's right. if you will. Like That's right. It, when Susan and I stopped doing a timesheet in 2018. Yeah. 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 We uh, made everybody else do it yeah. for next year. <laughs> 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 we didn't buy in it all the way at first. And, and then it's like, woo, everybody should be doing yeah, this. I know, right? Isn't that funny? I would just go in and say, send a bill for this, you know? <laughs> so, and I didn't, that was, I wanted to get rid of that task as quickly as yeah. possible. Uh, so you, you guys were both kind of bought in on it together then. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy to think, I mean, even on our server right now, we can go back to, 2012, I can see what I was doing down to the 15 minute interval. That's crazy. And what other job? I mean, if you go over to like AT&T or JCPenney, you know, they're not making their accounting people track how, how and where they spend their time. So it's kind of crazy that we were doing that to begin with anyway, right. you know? All right. 
So, well, we are already up against our first break. Want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. We do have a Patreon channel that is sponsored by 90minds at 90minds.com. If you need a mind, you can get one at 90minds.com. And do check out our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash TSOE. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh, oh my fraud. fraud. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Susan and Janet of the MB Group. And I have to ask you, how'd you get into accounting? Hmm. So Susan, I guess you can, either one, either one. Okay. I'll go first only because I don't have a degree in accounting. (laughs) I have a degree in marketing. Uh, I, yeah, I had a, I had made some friends in the accounting classes that I took. And then they said to me in the career center, you'll get a better paying job. And all I could hear is my mother's voice in the back of my head saying, do more accounting if you're going to get more money. (laughs) So I just kept doing more accounting classes and more accounting classes until I was like, well, heck, I might as well just sit for the CPA exam because I got all the hours. So, um, but I went into banking when I first graduated from college. I was an internal auditor. 
uh, left internal auditing to, to go to uh, into public accounting. It was me and another, uh, it was just me and the partner. And when I showed up, I didn't even know what a trial balance was. <laughs> so um, that was how I got into public accounting. <laughs> wow. Wow. How about you, Janet? I, I, I was kind of a little uh, non-traditional in the way that I didn't start my career till I was in my 30s. But it was natural for me to do accounting. I, I started with the big four, one of the big four uh, uh, accounting firms and then went to the regional firms and then to the MB groups. But it's always been my line of thinking. I'm a black or white type of girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, Susan, you had sent me an article. Your firm got written up by Inc. Magazine. It's called One Advantage of Trashing Timesheets, Humanizing Work. Tell me about that. What was that like to have Inc. profile you? Yeah, it, what an honor, first off, to be selected uh, in the entire process, one of 475 recipients to be named this year. It's really a testament to the fact that we're trying to rebuild the culture of public accounting. With our organization at the forefront, we want to make sure that we are creating an environment where people don't work in the shadow of anyone else. They can be leaders. They can be true advisors. They can be the CPAs that they were meant to become. We create jobs for people. Even when there are no jobs, we pave the new paths for them. In our organization, we create a culture that truly it embodies caring and respecting people and advancing people, teaching people, helping them to think, helping them to grow and communicating uh, compassionately with each other and with our clients. Those are really the things that are at the core of who we are. And so when Inc. Yeah, awarded us the best workplaces, we were floored first off and honored. Um, but I think also we were really excited because it is a time where we as women, so we are almost all female firm of the 33 people that work here, 32 are women. Mm -hmm. So we're having a, an opportunity to bring our voices and who we are and what we do and how we do things differently to the forefront of public accounting um, and, and in business overall. So it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, you, you know, there, there's something you say in the article, they quote you, um, it's kind of amazing. You said, I've been in situations where the partners wouldn't even look at me or introduce me to the clients. Like you don't exist. And in 2018, you bought out the last male partner. Tell me about that. But were they really that bad? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, so the first firm I ever worked for, uh, I went into the meetings and it was, I, you would not, I would never introduced with to the clients ever. It was sit there, take notes, and you are literally invisible. Your job is to just listen. It's almost like the do not speak unless spoken to sort of thing. I, we worked in the shadow of so many people. Do what you're told. You are, you're just to do the work. You're truly a servant. And that's the way we really felt for a very long time. I mean, Janet and I really talk about growing our own people and being mentors to them. Because we really feel passionately that no one was mentoring us. No one was growing us. We were each other's like life raft yeah. in the mm -hmm. sea of accounting. At one time, I referred to my work as being a penitentiary. Wow. <laughs> Truly. There was a woman who came along 
Her name was Sarah Smith. She was a life coach. And I think she saw my suffering. And, and this is the same work we're doing right now. It's the same exact work. Sure. And she offered to me her services and helped me get out of this way of thinking and really, truly changed my life for the better by helping me reframe and how to take my struggles and turn them into something positive and purposeful. And Janet, did you have the same experience? We, we, uh, yeah. Uh, Susan and I were at the same firm since 2002, and it, and it's been that way. It's just we were not, not even accredited with the work that we did or the hard work that we had done or the long hours we had worked. And then, and it's really, really important to Susan and I to build our firm remembering that and remembering not to do that because you can grow somebody. And it was, it's really important to Susan and I, cause now it's liberating to us cause we don't have to handle all client. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we teach others to do it. Right. I'm actually listening to a book right now called Machiavelli for women. And mm. it's interesting because I, I'm listening to it and, you know, reminded of all the ways that women are some are disadvantaged in a lot of corporate places, firms included, right? This is public accounting. It's, it's challenging. It's very hard. Um, and I think about our little world we've created here where those things don't exist, where you, uh, you're uh, rewarded for being, uh, having new ideas and thinking, mm. and no one's going to, mm. uh, try to put you down or, you know, not pay you what you're worth, uh, all of those things. We we're fighting against that. Um, even for ourselves, you know, even when we're up against our, what do you would say our competitors, yeah. right? So, and we're, we, we actively work on trying to make sure that we are not projecting our own fears, insecurities, doubts, and our own things. We're trying to unlearn the things we are trying to unlearn, um, uh, onto our own pricing. So let me ask you this, because I've, I've worked with a lot of women CPA owners and, and bookkeepers who are predominantly women, and more than one of them have told me that this business model, no timesheets, value pricing, it's like a Smith & Wesson for the sexes. It's a great equalizer. Has that been your experience? I mean, you said some of the things, pay them what they're worth. We're not going to judge you based on how many hours your butt sits in the cubicle or how much you lie on the timesheet. We're going to look at your results. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been doing this for years anyway. So when I came to the MB group, the whole reason I came over here was because I had a one-year-old daughter and a negative one-year-old daughter. <laughs> I had two little kids, you know, like, I was, you know, it was really important to me to have flexibility. Uh, and we, now we've done that for people. We were creating opportunities where, yeah, you aren't going to get judged on the number of hours. If it, it takes you a half hour to do something great. That doesn't mean that you're going to be penalized because you don't have a whole billable hour, right? It's, so that, that philosophy is thrown out the door and, and gone. We want to just get the work done. Here's your workload, get it all done. If you can sign up for more, great. If we become more efficient, awesome. Can we leverage technology? Fantastic. Um, can we train other people, create other opportunities? Sure. Man, we, we give our employees a voice. True. Yes, right. we do. Um, right. And we, we want them to have it. And we want to have flexibility. And I think that's why a lot of women are attracted to work here is because they know they're going to get that level of just built into the job. Yeah. It's flexible. 
is right. and the, we the mommy them. track won't derail them from higher aspirations. Oh, absolutely. Susan and I, you know, we just want to give an opportunity to everyone that we didn't have the opportunity to have. And it so far worked. We've hired people as our receptionists and taught them accounting. And then when they've had kids, they can go home and work from home and then work full time from their house and never have to worry about whether or not they're going to lose their job. Right. And those people have sent me emails and it gets me choked up every time to say, thank you. You've changed my life. That's awesome. What can, what more can you ask for? I mean, and this is way not accounting. (laughs) It's way bigger than public accounting. And that's what we always, I'm always talking to our staff about is like, guys, this is so much bigger than us. We really are changing people's lives here at the firm and at our clients when we save them time, when we save them taxes, they're hiring a person and that person now can send their kid to college and that, I mean, boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's like a ripple effect. So we got to stay focused on the big picture, zoom out. That's right. That's right. 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 Couldn't agree more. I mean, it seems like so, so in so many firms, the vision is so small, you know, oh, we want to grow 5%. We want to increase realization by 2.4%. I mean, who cares? Well, no, we're here to change people's lives, to transform yeah. them. And yeah, that's inspiring. That's really inspiring. So what's been the fallout from the article? Have, have you been approached by talent? And, and do you consider, and you mentioned this, Dad, but I just want to follow up, the no timesheet, has that been a lightning rod to attract great talent? Um, yeah, we've, we've been really uh, successful in, you know, attracting a, a lot of people, especially for interviews. I mean, right now finding anybody in accounting is hard, hard. <laughs> uh, but they're willing to talk to us, which as a small firm, we're already more, we're fighting for talent more than yeah. bigger firms have to anyway, because we don't necessarily have all of the resources that they have or opportunities. Right. So we are, we already struggled and we have struggled for a long time. I can't even imagine firms that are smaller than us where like they're solos and they're like, I just need one person. Good luck. Right. You're stuck with contractor or subpar person or training a brand new green person, which is tough. So we're definitely getting more looks and the more looks is what leads to more excitement. And we, we just talk about ourselves all the time. Like we really can offer you an opportunity and it's up to you what you want to do with it. There's so much work in, in the, in the way that I have been hearing, we've, we've used a few recruiters or other people and they, they say that that makes us stand out for not having the timesheets. We, we, are a different type of firm than what anyone is looking for. So it it's, we've had at least two people so far yeah. join us because just because of that. Yeah. And we also have like, we call it flexible time off, but it's really like unlimited PTO. So at one point we had a person who was tracking all the paid time off and she was spending like 10 hours a week tracking Ruby's PTO balances. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) it seems like that's a crazy thing to do. (laughs) One more area we're tracking time. Let's let that go too. (laughs) We love to create bureaucracy in firms, don't we? No, no kidding, Uh, no kidding. uh, Let's pay somebody to track somebody's time off that we're going to pay them for for not working. Ah, It's insane what we did. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have more questions for you on, on your, the specifics of your transition. Like 
where, where did you start with value pricing? Did you start with new or current customers? Those types of questions. But unfortunately, we're up against our break. And folks, I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Do check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com, where you can see full show notes and upcoming previews of shows. And also check out, uh, as Ed mentioned, our Patreon channel. Become a subscriber. That's at patreon.com slash TSOE. At a certain tier, you can get a shout out on the show like Geraldine Carter did from shethinksbigcoaching.com and her podcast, smartstrategyforcpas.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are talking on the show today with Susan Bryant and Janet Haston. And ladies, I want to ask you about your origins and value pricing. Uh, during the break, you mentioned it was about a year ago that you really started calling it value pricing in earnest when you started offering choices, I believe, among your packages. So uh, tell us that story. Okay. So I started listening to some podcasts. I don't even know why. I didn't even listen to a podcast ever in my life. And I wondered, I wonder if there's any podcasts in accounting. What a crazy thing. I think I was listening to Simon Sinek podcasts or something. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's any accounting podcasts. So I was uh, going through the uh, the listing, the library, if you will. And I came across the um, Ryan Lozanis's podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and lo and behold, he has Ron on his guest. And Ron is talking about this concept of value pricing. And I love how Ron speaks about, I mean, it's so unapologetic. It's like people get on board with this. Like, and it just spoke to me. It resonated so much. I was 
I told Jana, I said, you must listen to this right now. This is our future. We have to change immediately. So at that point, I was like, we must dive in. I basically stalked Ron. Anytime he showed up on any type of <laughs> webinar, pricing, something, I was always there. I'm sure he probably doesn't remember, but it's like, yes, Susan, you can go find the answer to that question in my book, this other book. And I'm like, what other book is that? Hold on. I must go read this book. Uh, so literally we have taken everything that is in these teachings and we have implemented them. Are we done? No. Uh, have we tried our best to be true to them? Yes. And it's, it works. It really works. It's hard work and it's a big change and it's a big shift from what we were doing before, but it is amazing. And the response from people has been incredible. It's simple. It's simpler to manage internally. Uh, the expectations are a lot different. We can build scalable systematic processes within our firm. So many things have changed and it's made us better. Talk, talk about one of those offerings, maybe the, the first, first one or two that you've offered where you, where you put a proposal in front of someone and they were like, well, where are the hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking of one client in particular. So uh, a $5 million company, accounting records were a complete mess. So we put a number on it to go back and create a year and a half worth of accounting records. And we just said, this is the price. We, you know, we talked through, we had all the different conversations and it was a really big number. And we didn't think we had a chance at all in getting it. And we did. And we did all the work. We did a great job. And afterwards, I talked to the client. He said, you know, I think one of the things that really resonated with me, Susan, was that when we were talking through what, the, what you were going to do, you said to me, you're going to take some risk in choosing us to do the work. And you're willing to take some risk in saying, this is the price. And we were both vested and we both had an interest in making sure it got done. And so that partnership, it forged a partnership because we were in it together. You know, they were taking risks, we were taking risks, and that was really uh, important to them. So that was a, that was a big thing. Um, we partnered that with really compared it with the packages, right? So we sort of got what we call essential strategic comprehensive packages. So, and there's all different types of things. We'd like to standardize them. So it's easier for us to manage internally, but it's mainly like accounting, accounting plus tax and tax planning, and then accounting tax, tax planning, and then advisory services, so like the strategic tax planning on top of it. So all those things kind of rolled up into one package. So that's how we really started pitching it. And everybody just picks one and they love it. And we talk through at the time of the proposal, this is, you know, what the packages look like. This is what you get. This is what's included. This is what's not included. And if there's anything else, then we'll quote it up front. And, um, and the new clients, just, they love it. Now, now that's yeah, Jenna, can you get some color to that? Yeah. Now that's not even to and uh, forget though. We do have some clients or had some clients that'll call us up. How many hours did you have in that? In <laughs> coming up the first time around of of having to explain that, it was uh, you know you had to kind of find your words you know to be able to explain it. But 
we've had some clients leave, but then some clients, you know, they respect that and they, they appreciate it. And one thing that's just such a minor thing, but it's really important in, in being a tax advisor, I don't have to hear, well, I don't want to call you because you're going to charge me 20, you know, uh, for the phone call or, you know, so, or you don't nickel and dime me. So that really has helped. And I think it made a better relationship with us, with our clients. Agreed. Tell me about a, a mistake that you think you've made. Okay. So I think that Ron refers this to, you know, there's a difference between value pricing and value billing. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have made mistakes where, you know, we, we've saved people maybe a lot of money in taxes and we sent them a bill afterwards, right. That ref, we yeah. thought reflected the value that we provided. They did not agree <laughs> with that pricing. Uh, so it's really revealed to us a couple things. First off, we really have got to differentiate, especially on the tax side, the difference between tax preparation and tax advice, tax advising. Those are two different things. We got to build that into every single conversation that we have. So they understand you will be, the tax preparation is billed differently and the value is different than if we save you, you know, a half a million dollars in taxes, there's a different cost to that. Right. And there is a different value that that provides to you. So, uh, we learned that you really have to have those conversations up front after the fact, apparently they really don't care that you save them, you know, $300,000 in taxes and you want to send them an $8,000 bill that is meaningless at that point. Right. So, <laughs> although I still don't necessarily agree with that, <laughs> I still think that their tears should be, the tears of joy should still be wet uh, and they should want to pay our invoice, but that is just not something that, that happened. What it did reveal to us is that we have to make sure that we are having these conversations and really, really, really driving into our clients exactly what it is that we are doing for them and why it matters. And that's about the relationship we have with them. So we've got to strengthen those things. We've really been talking about how we make sure we're more proactive in communication, changing the way that we interact with them, more touch points throughout the year. We developed a strategic planning cadence where we can have it very regimented with the, with the client in terms of how we're, how we are forcing ourselves to interact with them. We can be the ones who are regimented. We already know that we are the ones who bring the discipline to the process. So we just got to do it. And then all of that said, I mean, now that allows us to really be advisors and, and, and to show our value uh, to, to our clients. And that, that's why Susan and I are here. That's awesome. So, so I guess I guess I'm seeing seeing that this is now um, about this time that you did this last year. Are you now the the second second year with some of these customers that you went through previously? And what what are you what are you starting to see from the, those customers? Well, we're gonna we're about to increase their fees because they're gonna re up, and so they have an automatic increase built into their agreements. Um, that was not the case when I first started it, but I quickly adjusted that engagement letter. <laughs> learning, it's the learning, lots of learning happening. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Now it's just it's so much easier to manage. Um, it's also much we're we're really starting now to refine capacity planning. Yeah. <sighs> guys, Ooh, this is like the next big thing is like, is there please a tool for telling me how many accountant, how many accountants do you need to do all of this work? 
uh, especially when we've got accounting, tax, tax planning, you know, tax preparation, you know, 1099s, payroll, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so many different things happening. So this is sort of our next bear that we're kind of wrangling with is the next phase of as we scale and grow and we can, we can add as much work as we want to. We're trying to be a little bit more choosy in, in who we serve, but we now have to think about who we hire to do the work right. and how we're, we're being more thoughtful and intentional about that now. It's always a balance of the scale, huh? You know, mm-hmm. the, you got to look at your clients versus your employees and make sure you can, you can do both of them correct. Yeah. And, and we're really starting to focus more on training on these advisory services. I mean, that that's really the future. That's really the future for these people. We've been kind of like thinking back together, like, how did we gain this knowledge? How did we, how did we really uh, obtain the confidence to do the work? How did we, how do we know what to tell the client? How do we know what to say to them and when to say it? I mean, it's a little bit, we, we joke, you know, like we need to become like licensed therapists sometimes. <laughs> like, exactly right. And, and, and we're coaching too. One yeah. of the reasons why I wanted to do the strategic planning cadence. So we do what we call like a plan on a page for the client at the beginning of the year. And we print it, we literally print it and give it to them. And then we tell the client to go business owner, go and share it with your team. Because we want to force them into this leadership role. A lot of times we find that these business owners have created a job for themselves, but they don't know how to be a leader. So we're also trying to do that for them too, because we know how important that is. We've seen our, we've had to do that for ourselves. So we know how important it is and fundamental to the future of their organization and the value of the organization. And, you know, I didn't realize how important it is until we we did it. Now, I remember the first one we did, it was just eye-opening for me and for them as well. I mean, they got a lot of benefit from it, but the communication, the the strategy, the thinking where they're going, it, it was a, a fantastic service that we provided the first time around, and we've just made it more perfected. Yeah, and, and, the, and it went back to... They care about our business and they care about us as people. That's how they view us now. Right. We have such a different relationship. Yeah. At, at that point, everything shifted right. because now we're no longer viewed it like as just, oh, you reconcile the bank account and you prepare the 1099s and you do. <laughs> we're, we, we are more to them because we cared enough to ask. Right. Yep. Yep. It really takes a relationship to a different yep. level beyond it just does. transactions. Um, so let me ask you the number one question Ed and I get when we propose firms ditch their timesheet. How do you know if you're making any money on this customer? How do you answer that? Well, we have we have referred to the firm of the future for all the other metrics <laughs> <laughs> to, to use. And we've sort of developed our own too. Uh, I mean, we're, we run the PL like we would normally. And, and to be real honest, we never even really looked at the profit and loss by customer anyway. We sort of did if we thought it was a problem. But the only reason we looked at it was because we thought it was a problem. Right. You knew it was a problem intuitively. <laughs> you know, you know when a job right. goes south. Yeah. Right. right. That's right. You know, I mean, this, the, everybody starts talking, the staff tar- starts talking like, well, they're asking uh, so many questions yeah. and we can't get the information and they're they're a pain. And so we knew already. So I, I don't know. I think it's like one of those things where when people 
say like, do you know your business? Like, you know, your business, if you're working in your business, you know it. I don't think you need that to confirm it. You, you have to talk to your staff and keep the communication open. And more often than not, we just have to do a better job at project management so we don't lose money. With metrics. Yeah. With metrics. You know what your, the second question is? How do you know your staff is working? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, exactly. That, that, that's always the second and, question, and, and right? And which ones are more efficient than the right. other? It, well, geez, if you probably know your team members better without any information, you know, right. who the stars are and who the duds are, but right. well, I have more questions along those lines, but unfortunately we're up against our next break and folks, we'd like to remind you if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Now we want to hear from our sponsors and Ed's employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh, oh my, my fraud. fraud. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Susan Bryant and Janet Haston from the MB Group. And ladies, I'd love to know, so what do you think the future holds for you? Great question. Oh, crystal ball, please reveal. (laughs) I don't know if I really want to know. I do think that we are definitely getting a lot more focused on kind of figuring out who we work best with. Uh, 
and being more particular about avoiding the things that are outside of what we're great at. Mm. So we really got to get focused on like knowing and just ignoring the other, even though it's revenue. And this is like the number one thing that accountants are bad about, right? We all know we've done it, right? Like I will take anybody. I'm casting a wide net, like revenue is revenue. And that's just not true. So we're really trying to focus in on like, let's ditch some of the work that we're just not best suited for. There's other people who are great at it. Let them do it and send it to them. And we'll build bridges in those ways. Um, but do what we do best. Stick, stay in our lane, right. stay in our lane, do great right. work. And it will be an accelerator uh, for right. our business and really hopefully for, for, our, for our people, right? right? So we're really kind of training people in a certain way. One of the things we've already been kind of wrangling with is, is that we've got, you know, two different types of tax work that happen here. And that's sort of the tax advisory piece, complex businesses, they're owner operated. We're really great at serving them and their personal side. And we look at them as comprehensive, do a great job for them. And then we kind of got the one-off tax returns. They are a huge distraction to our advisors who are really great at working with these owner operated business owner, you know, businesses and their, and their owners. I mean, they, they're just great at it. You know? So we've got to get rid of the noise. Yeah, a lot of noise and we've got to figure out exactly how to handle that. And so we've been really kind of talking about, you know, moving that to um, another firm, um, you know, that we own. So we kind of kind of segregate tax prep versus kind of all those other tax advisory services, which is kind of in line with maybe what we're seeing in this industry. I mean, would it PwC just, or was it Deloitte and EMY just split off their advisory arms mm. and stuff? So EY, yeah. Yeah, so... Um. Do you have, it, it, because most firms do, they have a little cluster. They already kind of specialize because they have a cluster of, you know, doctors or restaurants or contractors or whatever. Do, do you have that? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we work with a lot of commercial real estate brokers, real estate agents, real estate developers. And, so, And over the, the years, we have perfected just really a good, advisory for, yeah. for each of those type of clients. Yeah. And the real estate yeah. people are, they're, they're, they're very fast, <laughs> fast moving. <laughs> yep. So the great thing about how we work is we have, we can keep up with their pace. So as yeah. they're, you know, busy buying up, you know, they're buying a property a week, you know what I mean? They, they're investing all over the place. We can keep up with them. So think that we, we have sort of this vision to what would be the future of really sort of honing in on that. It's just that we have so many other really wonderful clients and yeah. it's hard to let them go. So are, are your clients geographic in any way, or is it, especially with this real estate or the, is it geographically focused or no? So most of them are based out of the DFW area, but we do have a few outliers, yeah. California, Arizona, New York, uh, Florida. So they're kind of, it just depends. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of people doing really, you know, they're just killing it in the commercial real estate market right now. Yep. So. I, agree. I agree. And it's not that we, it's specifically because that we only can do the Texas based entity. We could do all of them. Mm -hmm. right. Our plan works for every one of them. Sure. Sure. And, and, expanding geographically like that is much easier when you're a specialist and it also 
kind of reduces your risk of any one real estate market crashing or something because then you're yeah. you're more yeah. diversified. Yep. Yeah. Still still working on that one. We'll get there. That's a good one. <laughs> well, I think we talked about Tim Williams' book. And if you read that, Positioning for Professionals, that's just awesome. Or just listen to the, I think we've interviewed him three times. Um, and he's talked a lot about strategy and positioning and focusing and niching down. So, yeah. and another question, uh, this is kind of along with how do you know if you're profitable on this customer? What other KPIs do you look at that are non-financial? Mm. So one of the things we implemented was, um, logging calls to customers. So we make our, um, we make, we, we have a suggested number of phone calls that our tax people and our client concierge team and our accounting people are making to clients. And so mm -hmm. we're tracking the number of times that we are actually reaching out to customers. And then we actually do a, our um, receptionist, Deborah, she actually does a um, random survey, like fills out a little sheet, asks a bunch of questions. What could we be doing differently? How can we serve you better? Rate us on a scale of one to five. And we've gathered a lot of information, but those metrics are really important to us because it tells us how many times we're interacting with our customers. Love so it. that's been a change for us. It has. It has. And and we have also just the, the we put in uh, project turnover. How, how fast are we mm -hmm. being able to take care of our, our clients? So, so we're really developing uh, very good uh, metrics to, to take up for what people would normally think should be in a timesheet. Yeah. Uh, even down to like training sessions, we're right. trying to track those um, additional billings. Um, that's more financial. I mean, we're, we're doing the same thing that most other people are looking at, like collections, you know, mm -hmm. revenue per person. And those, those are not what, you know, leading indicators. They're more, of course, lagging, but we're, we're right now we're sort of perfecting that. And, and we also, at the end of each tax season, we do a net promoter score and, and okay. we send it out. And really, it's been really valuable to us. And it yeah. showed where we could do a better job for everybody. Yeah. Awesome. So ladies, we have one minute, but tell what is your advice to a firm that's thinking about moving to value pricing? What advice would you give them? Read, 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 soak it all in and then just go for it. Just try it. Try something new. Dive in, take a risk. You can do it. Love it. All right. Janet. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's kind of scary at first to change the model of your whole firm, but I, I take it from me. I mean, it's, it's, it has changed us. Yeah. Well, as I have on my board over here, it says we fear what we don't face and that fear controls us. <laughs> so face it, move on. You can do it. That's awesome. Well, Susan Bryant, Janet Haston, thank you so much. It's been an honor to talk to you, and uh, I guess we'll see you at Scaling New Heights yeah. later this month. So, Ed, awesome. what do we have on store for next week? Ron, next week we have a fan favorite as well as our favorites, Father Robert Sirico, to talk about his new book. Looking forward to it. I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage. Building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. 
Join us next week at on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. In the meantime, please visit us on the web at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk 